1: Uh, Very, very exciting one this week. So, as I record this, we're just about to find out who has made it into Warren Gatlin's side for that crucial third test against New Zealand, the decider, and uh, starting to get very, very nervous and excited about that. No Dan Killick this week, so Dan is off at the London Welsh uh, relaunch, which uh, should be a really, really interesting thing, and we'll be catching up with him um, later on in the summer to, to chat more about that. So uh, instead, I have been speaking to Yestin George, well, in fact, I haven't spoken to him yet, but we'll be speaking to Yestin who uh, joined us at the start of the Lions tour. And he chatted through some of his favourite Lions memories, and really, really enjoyable uh, chat. So, actually, if you haven't listened to that, have a have a listen to Yestin's Lions memories after this one. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we're catching up with Yestin and getting the instant reaction to that to Warren Gatland's test side for uh, for that crucial deciding game on on Saturday. So, hopefully, you will enjoy the podcast. Um, it feels a bit weird recording this without knowing what. Uh, what's going to be coming up but it should be an exciting one Um, you'll of course know the team by the time uh, I've finished speaking but let us know what you think by getting in touch at Attacking Scrum on Twitter, you can search for us on Facebook um, or the Attacking Scrum on there and leave us a review if you enjoy the podcast as well and you can do that on iTunes. Right, on the show Well, welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. After my big hype in the intro, Warren Gatland has gone and picked the exact same 23. Uh, I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And helping me to, to decipher whether that's going to be the case or not is good friend of the podcast, Yestin George. How are you doing, Yestin? I'm very well, thanks. Um, I was just, I was just saying then it felt a little bit anticlimactic. I was expecting some kind of a change in there, but, uh, yeah, nothing from Gats.
0: It'd have been funny it, if just, uh, they just—they had the same as the routine you get when you teams run out, uh, you know, at the stadium, you know, smoke, smoke billowing, <laughs> fire breathing, and then he just wanders on, and it's like, yeah, it's the same, yeah, uh, okay, That's I, yeah, I'm, I, I it's just, it's, I, I don't know, I, it's it's kind of an Gatland-like, really, not a you know he, he obviously it, it would be stereotypical to just say because of the third test last time you know it's not just that is you know but um i'm just surprised he hasn't been you know i've i've listened uh, uh, watched 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 that Alfie documentary you know yeah. when he went over and um and me me <laughs> bird all right bird <laughs> um and as much as, you know, there's not a huge deep insight into the mind of Warren Gatland in there at all. But you just think that he doesn't care at all about, about you know, about uh, sentimentality or anything like that. Uh, and I just thought Wernipolo would cop it. Yeah, I, really I did. did.
1: I, I really did. And you're absolutely right. There's nothing that suggests that Gatland cares for sentimentality whatsoever. You know, there's a number of players, even before the O'Driscoll thing, there was a number of Welsh players who kind of got stranded in the nineties, didn't they? You know, I think Martin mm. Williams there to give a, a spurious, uh, barbarians cap for, you know, I think they changed the rules just to give, just to give Nugget his hundredth cap. And, yeah. you know, so he's not, he's not the kind of person who will, um, you know, I think people often say, oh, he's loyal and he's predictable and stuff." I don't find him that predictable. I think, you know, he he is isn't afraid to to make the chop if that's what he thinks is necessary. And yeah, I agree. I I, I really did expect Vanapola to to get the chop this week. What would you have done in that situation, specifically with Vanapola?
0: I would I would have definitely sw- swapped him with McGrath and thought and thought that McGrath would have made a. A solid impression in a scrum that looked a little bit awry on Saturday, whether it was by fair means or foul, the referee refed it that way, and it I guess the referee will ref it in a similar way this weekend I don't know whether that's fair to again uh to issue a national stereotyping but um but it just felt you know it would be it, it he would be also. Tremendously effective off the bench and, uh, and you you think you'll have a point to prove and all those things. I think that I get why perhaps he allowed, allows players, you know, Alan Wynn for one, Mm. to play himself into form and to make himself effective within the remit that he's obviously been given, which is, you know, do it for 50 minutes until you are, you can't do it any longer. Uh, I With, with Zuni Polar, I just think he did have a mad day, didn't he?
1: <laughs> it, it was really, it <laughs> really strange to watch from a player who is, it's his second Lions tour. You know, he's, he's been capped by the Lions, you know, on both of those tours. And you know, you bear in mind how much he's won with Saracens. He has very big, yeah, you know, massive games. You know, two back-to-back European titles and, you know, league titles in there and stuff as well. I've been playing for England that whole time. It was really, really strange. It was almost like the... The pony pool in him just came rushing to the surface and he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to get in loads of scraps and, and you just can't do that this, in this, uh, in this day and age. Um,
0: S- Sinclair wanted a game involved every second. He was on the pitch as well. Didn't he, he did seem to be, you can was kind like, of understand Kyle, Sinclair Kyle. though,
1: can't you? You know, you can, yeah. he is clearly just this bundle of energy and, yeah. um, you know, he's a much more, um, his international career is, you know, still in his infancy. So I found it yeah. really strange from Vernopolo. who is you know, a very, he's normally pretty level head, but part of that just made me think that that just shows how big an occasion this is, you know, Heineken cups yeah. and uh, English premiership finals and the Six Nations just pales in comparison to that test.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think he, it, I was more worried about any technical Deficiencies, or how the referee might interpret those technical deficiencies, than I was by his slightly scattergun approach to, to tackling. I just thought he'd be, you know, I, I think you'd you'd expect somebody to have a half an hour of losing his mind at some point during his career, and I, I it, it, on the biggest stage is all the more reason to lose it a little bit. Because it's probably incredibly, you know, it's just the tension must be overwhelming. It's funny, isn't it, how Alan Wynne says, we've got to have fun this yeah. week. Uh, it, I it really love that line, because I do, I, I, I see speech after speech, tour after tour. It doesn't, it doesn't do for me. I want to go and hide in a cupboard yeah. and pretend I'm not there. I, I, I obviously I'm, I I was never an international rugby player Um, and maybe all international players respond to that kind of call to arms in the same way. But I I don't get that. Surely you have to almost give them the uh, empower, empower them to feel like they can take on the world. And excite the world and but yet again, yeah, I could imagine standing in front of the Pontypool front row in one thousand nine hundred seventy eight and going, "Boys, inspiration, take inspiration from these beautiful valleys around you, but um I think that that that's yeah we we digress a little, but I, i'm I'm glad in a way that Alan Wynne said we, we can't win unless we enjoy the process of doing it. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think those, those, this is going to hurt more than you've ever been hurt before. Well, like the last time it was going to hurt more than I ever heard before. Yeah. I wonder how much of that sinks in anymore, you know. Yeah, with I understand exactly what I mean. I think
1: it was particularly kind of, Sal you know when we first i think we, obviously we've spoken about it before, but you know those Jim Telfer speeches were incredible, yeah because we'd never see, yes. you know we 'd never seen them before, and yeah. Yeah. I think the the great thing seemingly about this squad is and they said it about Warburton is he 's not one to say something for the sake of saying it, yeah, you know, I think he knows everyone knows their job and he's got people around him that he trusts, but when he says something that 's when people kind of sit up and and take notice, and I think that's you know I think you're right the the game must have changed a bit um during that time because otherwise it, it does just move into hyperbole and cliche and uh, and all the rest of it so yeah but i think the the fun thing as well it just kind of it is something that we're not used to having watched Gatland coach um waves yeah. for so long because it's been so pragmatic, and we've spoken about this numerous occasions but um you also just think. I, I hope that that means that there is that freedom to go out and not throw it around willy nilly like Finn Russell did no. the other night. But um, <laughs> but you know that that amazing try in the first test that was there yeah. because they went right. If this is on. I'm going to back myself, and that's what yeah. I love doing. And and I do hope there are more glimpses of things like that because that was that was something really special.
0: Yeah, that that leads me to my. Any other change I would have made really, which is that I'd, I'd have, I, I don't, I, I think Standers made a very limited contribution on the tour and I would have put Tipperick on the bench yeah, absolutely. and that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's not a biased Welshman speaking. That's just, it just again, it ignites the bench and gives you an option and opportunity. And anybody who says that he's not physically strong enough just because he's particularly adept at handling and running yeah, isn't, no isn't, it doesn't, isn't watching the game because the, as you, as you've said several times over, also you you know it's it, he carries people around in one under his arm yeah you know, I don't know where he gets his strength from yeah Dan's always really keen to to mention it
1: I think in particular the you know the the games he's played is you know he's had Haskell on the one side of him and you know Haskell I think is a player who's made the most of his of his kind of limited ability really yes he's kind of he's not the he's not the brightest back row forward you'll ever see in the world he's very he's very physical but he's kind of been showing up a bit on this tour even in the tour games Mm. and I think he's had Stander outside him most of the time and and again Stander I think has struggled to hit his straps I don't know if it's a bit of fatigue or something but I agree I think he's standing in a tough you know very tough back row to play
0: in. It's a tortuous analogy, but he's the Graham Hick of uh, Irish rugby. Do you think? In that he's a flat track bully, I think. He's, he's, Standard. he when when, yeah. yeah, the last time he played, he started the game almost running with his back towards the opposition. And then when things got a little bit easier and they didn't, they'd they been softened up by the rest of the team, he started taking more of a dynamic role in the game. I, I just don't see him as, um, I, just, I don't see what he's going to do off the bench against the best team in the world. I'm, before before you know, we get
1: into to CJ Stander, because I'm keen to talk about that, I just have to digress again once quickly because it's okay. my claim to fame. I did actually get Graham Hick out once at Lord's <laughs> of all wow. places. I was, yeah, I was playing in this media tournament and uh, every team had an ex-pro playing for them and I threw what was the most hideous... Uh, half volley you've you've ever seen you know the most inviting half volley and hick tried to slap it down the ground and it got caught at, um at deep mid off by uh by Phil the of all people so wow. yeah that's not bad is it
0: that's pretty good that's amazing i bet he was none too he doesn't look like the sort of person who'd go ha ha, that was a laugh no i don't it?
1: yeah i don't think he was i don't think he was particularly happy but he didn't seem to he didn't seem to smile all um all day, really, no, but I, no, I, you can take the you can take the, the grin off my face after that. But yeah, my, yeah, my very poor bowling record uh, does have that one kind of uh, that one little bit of, uh, bit so of joy in it. Um, with with CJ Sandler, I mean, I, exactly on the same page with you there. I, I think he's kind of like I liken it a bit to when you know when Andy Powell first broke into the Wales side, and yeah. There was a couple of games, you know, Australia, who's particularly brutal against that one autumn and, um, and even South Africa, you know, he's bouncing off players. Mm. And then it kind of got to the six nations and they'd figured out kind of how to play him. You know, by the end of that six nations, you know, you knew what he was going to do. And I think, you know, top international defences can adjust to, to out and out power. Um, yeah. You know, when they when they get it right, I think particularly in the back row. And uh, yeah, I kind of feel like if it's if it's for an option off the bench, Tipperick does offer something that can be a complete game changer. I don't think he lets yeah. anyone down. You've got Warburton there who can cover. So I, I can, the only thing I can think of is that, you you know, I, I even think O'Brien could cover eight, to be honest. Mm. I see him. Yeah. You know, I don't care what number he wears on his shirt. I see O'Brien as a as a six or an eight. Yeah, I think we're playing left and right flankers at the moment with it, with these two and very effective it's been. But, yeah. um, I don't see him as kind of the out and out scout, the scavenger and the the breakdown animal in that
0: side is, is obviously Warburton. Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be, you know, all blacks are happy with their lot up front. So in a way that gives, gives the lions a second chance, a second go at the same bench, um, up front. And that's, I think that's, Probably how they'd want it, uh, and then it's a different ball game behind the scrum. So we'll have to see what happens there. You know, we should at this
1: point mention uh, the New Zealand side because unlike unlike Gatland's, there um, there are a few changes in that side. Obviously, some enforced. Mm. I'll just quickly recap for anyone who hasn't seen it. So the front row remains the same: Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Owen Franks. Uh, Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock also keep their um, keep their places, and Jerome Kano, Sam Kane, and Kieran Reid uh, complete the completely unchanged pack. And then in the backs, half back is Aaron Smith, then Bowden Barrett, and then Julian Surveyor comes in on the one wing. Israel Dagg moves from fullback to the other wing. Um, Lamape, the the mini bus, the. That, that, I think we'll probably be giving Dan Bigger nightmares for a little while. He comes into inside centre in place of the suspended Sonny Bill Williams and Anton yeah. Lillard-Brown, who uh, I've been really impressed with actually at, at outside centre. Yeah. And, the, and the big change, Geordie Barrett comes in at at fullback, which we'll talk about in a sec. And then the, the bench is Nathan Harris, Wyatt Crockett, Charlie Farmina, Scott Barrett, Ardi Surveyor, Perenara. Perinara. Aaron Cruden and uh, Malakai Fekitoa, who's been drafted into the squad this week, um, takes up the place on the bench. So yeah, Ryan Crotty wasn't wasn't fit after all, but yeah, a couple of a couple of interesting changes behind the scrum there, and yeah, kind of a, a new look back three with Dag moving into one place, Savai coming into the other, Geordie Barrett and Lamape into inside centre as well. It, do you think that a little bit of this is is backlash from them not being able to get over the, get over the try line and score. You know, 14 men or otherwise, New Zealand yeah. usually, you know, New Zealand get over the line at some point during a game. Yeah.
0: And uh, uh, Julian, Julian, Surveyor nearly always gets over the line yeah. in every game. Um, that, that I think is a big court you know, it's a big positive, I think, for them. You know, not, not that Ione is not, he's got tremendous pace and, and guile, but, you know, Surveyor's is a, a tried and tested uh, operator, isn't he? And, and Lamape, yeah, is is going to do what he does best. I, you know, uh, I think, I, from back three point of view, I, 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 you know, I'm happy to see them changing uh, because it demonstrates, I think, a, a lack of certainty mm. and that they're rolling the dice a little bit. It looks like to me, uh, and and I think Dag had a. It just seems almost almost heinous to say a bad game, mm. you know. Um, I think particularly the um, kind of
1: getting bumped by Toby for the for the try. He had a something, long something, way to go. Yeah, yeah it's something you wouldn't expect from um, you wouldn't expect from a, a New Zealand fullback. No, you know, not that close to the touchline, and with that, and that, you know, 15 meters out as well. Um, you kind of, yeah, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really expect that. But um, he's kept his place nonetheless. Geordie Barrett is the is the really interesting call for me.
0: Yeah, he looked great when he played. You know, when he played the Lions, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I was really impressed with him, and um, it'll be interesting. I don't know if if Hansen said anything on on kind of goal kicking duties and how that's going to how that's going to play out, but mm. obviously Geordie Barrett gives them another option there too. Yeah. I mean,
0: that was the difference. Although, you know, as you said, seven out of 10 is not bad. Um, yeah. It, I, it, do you think he'll, do you think he can kind of, kind of shape come in and on. attack hard? Um, sorry, is it Geordie
1: Barrett or? Yeah, Geordie. Yeah. I, I I do actually. I think he only kind of knows how to play that that one game. And I think to be fair to to both the, both the Barretts who play in the backs, they're pretty fearless players. You know, you yeah. look in that in that first test and that ridiculous one handed pick-up from Bowden Barrett yeah. was, you know, is the kind of thing that you'd have just thought, God, you've got some that that a game of that magnitude. And you know, after what had been a really intense start. You just think every, every part you think so, i fall on it, don't do anything silly here, but to, to attempt that and to pull it off, you know, I think that shows the, the kind of mindset that he has. And I think you're right, the way that Geordie Barrett played, um, in the midweek game the other week, uh, towards the, the, um, the hurricane, sorry. And he's, mm. yeah, I think that's what he, that's just what he does. You know, I think he's a, he's a really attacking, clever footballer. He's massive and, you know, I've, I've no doubt that he he can cause problems.
0: He grows every, an inch with every podcast. It, it feels that way. He will so be up to six, six, seven. six seven. now. see <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's laughs> it with every podcast we do. He gets a little bit closer to seven foot.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think they that, that back three will be? will have what it takes then to 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 be the 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 telling difference.
1: Oh, it's it's really interesting because. At, at certain points in each of those test matches they have struggled with um with the high ball and yeah. it might not have been for the whole game in the first test but that's where you know that's where ben smith is so so good you know i mean there's, there's nothing he's not good at he's you know he's virtually the perfect player but he's he's so kind of comfortable in in those scenarios and you can't seem to rattle him i wonder whether this back three there is a there is a chance to get out a bit you know, I mean, Barrett is by no means poor under the high ball, but he is, you know, he is only his second Test cap, and you know, I don't know if I'm clutching at straws here, but pretend, I think the fact that he's changed the back three shows that he's not been he's not been entirely comfortable with the way that um, the way that they fielded the the Lions' really obvious tactics, and so yeah, you know, I'm going to go optimistic on this one and say there is a. There is a chance to to gain a bit of an advantage there. Watch Geordie Barrett running it in from 80 yards now, takes a high ball and beats five (laughs) men.
0: Reaches down from his all of six foot eight. (laughs) Just lay down. Yeah.
1: Just lay down and lay down and score from six foot eight out. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that happening, but.
0: Yeah. Where are uh, you are you um are you are you doing the thing that people do when they go back to the place they saw the second test because that will make all the difference.
1: Um I'm not actually purely because I watched it in the Peak
0: District. So uh ah, yeah, yeah,
1: a kind of 400 odd miles away. Yeah. from Where I don't, I
0: I I would suggest that shows a lack
1: of commitment. Yeah, you might be right actually. You might be right. It's a uh, yeah, real a real lack of commitment on my behalf. I don't know yet, yeah. to be honest. I've got a couple of offers. I think I'll be watching it. Um, I'll be watching it in a pub with, with Ollie, who's a, another yeah, friend, yeah. a friend of the pod, who's um, whose contributions have made me laugh throughout. So yeah, as I've said a couple of times on the podcast, when Liam Williams got the ball in the first one, he kind of rather angrily shouted, if you're going to go, then go. And you know, cue <laughs> yeah. that, that step to get past two men. Um And then he he texted me during the game and said he couldn't even watch as Farrell was taking the the penalty. He was just looking at the floor. He couldn't he yeah. couldn't even bear to watch when it when it came down to that. I'm actually all right with penalties for some reason. I'm I, all right. Yeah, I, I, I can take the, that a bit more than you know when they're battering on the line. I I, I yeah. can't stand that. I think the the penalties at least you kind of you've got that little bit of breathing space for um yeah. for the minute that he takes it. It's kind of less slightly less gut wrenching. I think.
0: My, my, um, my advice, uh, had I been on the, with a funny ear microphone piece, uh, would have been to take, put Reese Webb on and, uh, and Ken on just as, just as, as George received the poll on that amazing flat line. So, it's uh, amazing Ken, the way these things happen, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It is, you yeah. know, we all, we all love to play selector and stuff and that, I guess is, is half the fun of it. But, um, yeah, again, I did exactly the same thing when, when Murray got the ball on Saturday. I went, what's he gone blind for? Just as he, just as he, you know, just as he <laughs> makes that break to score. Um, so it you know, it does go to show you, you know, it's a, it is a hard old thing to call. Um, yeah. what about yourself? Where will you be watching the game, yesterday?
0: Well, I, I am going to return to the poets, uh, Smoke, a, a poet's corner, smokehouse in uh, in Hove, where uh, they do a fine breakfast. And I feel disloyal to Hove RSC, my rugby club, but uh, having been to the, I should go there. But having been to the poets last weekend, it just feels wrong not to return to the scene of the of the uh, scene of the triumph. And has the Scotch pims made an appearance yet? So um, we all want to
1: know the vodka. This and is breath. really,
0: really odd because I've, I've, um, I, I, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a sort of some sort of eye problem, and uh, I'm on, I'm on the kind of tablets that right. literally horses would just fall, keel over and fall, and fall, <laughs> fall down on. And but the worst thing I can cope with the, in, the incredibly sort of even by my own standards, I now move. I, I, I think I was the slowest back row, uh, you know, player in school by a country mile, and mm-hmm. i now. I now that would be high pace. And I, uh, but the problem is, it's made every alcoholic drink taste like uh, somebody's put some just scraped some mine filings into it really? just for extra added taste. It's a, it's one of the the most sinister th- experiences I've had. So I haven't, I haven't been near a beer, which is uh, just wrong. So, uh, or let alone anything fizzy, so that takes the Scottish PIMs out of the equation. Pims, right, eh? Or, or so I'm going into hospital tonight. I'm going to say, look, I've got Scottish pins on my mind. Yeah. Can you please take me off these tablets because they're just stupid. Um, and then I'll fall down in the corner and fall asleep.
1: That's it. I'm so, sure, I'm sure they get that all the time. Yes, Mr. George, we have that request all the time that people have Scottish yeah. Pims on their mind. They'd like to change a medication. I'm sure yeah. that makes, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Um, yeah, we went to the So a stage I, should,
0: of- I, I shall genuinely, if we win, I shall, I shall treat you a picture of, of the finest Scottish pins <laughs> that, that money can
1: buy. I'll, I'll look forward to that. I think, yeah, genuinely, it has to be. Uh, it has to be something. If any, if any listeners are, um, are that way inclined as well, if we do win, it's. I think it's got to be just, just vodka and a
0: bit of iron brew and strawberries. If you want to be really posh, but you know, we weren't posh in and So vodka, iron brew, in any kind of you know any kind of glass you can find. It's yeah, all, any all vessel. Good.
1: Yeah. That's it. Exactly. A gravy boat full of, uh, full of Scottish pimps, <laughs> I think is the one. Yeah. We'd better get back to the rugby just, uh, just quickly. Yeah. Um, I guess it comes down to kind of prediction time, really. Heart, head, what's it, uh, what's it telling you? What are they telling you?
0: Oddly, to, oh, head says it's doable, uh, which I, I couldn't have even contemplated. Uh, and rather than heart, which would have said, oh, go on, come on, boys. Uh, so it's doable, but I don't think Lightning can strike twice. And mm. it, it, it's not going to be a high day, hopefully. That would be very disappointing. And I don't think it would reflect badly on the players. It would just demonstrate what an amazing team New Zealand are should, should that happen. I do think that's I, the thing you just can't lose sight of at any
1: point is this is one of the greatest sides to take yeah. the field in any sport. And yeah, I just, I just don't think you can ever lose sight of that. And to, for a scratch team to, to have given themselves a, such a good account mm. so far, I think is great. And I, you know, I really hope that it doesn't turn into, if we do lose, it, it doesn't turn into kind of, this mass kind of oh we'll have to have an inquest type thing because do you know what I think they've done really really well um i've been i've been yeah. really impressed with the character of the players and there have been these moments off the field that have been distractions, but you know i' i i do think that they'll, they'll come away with this and actually kind of Gatland as well, which I know is is not popular to um to kind of stick up for Gatland in Wales these days, but um I do think he's done a good job in, in on the whole, you know, with the yeah. with preparing the, the the test side.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it would be, be very harsh to criticise him based on what happens this weekend. And I think if you if you if you base if you want to make a critique of his coaching performance, you do so on the basis of up to now and what happens this weekend doesn't isn't it can't be. It, it, nobody in the world can say, oh well because you were good at work, yes, you know, if you're gonna be good at work tomorrow that'll er- erase all the things we didn't like about mm. your work for the last for the last year. He's been he's done a decent job. I, you know, there are certain things that I'm sure that he would think about, but I think he was wise to go with Teo, which is probably Although he likes that kind of playing, it's not necessarily what he'd thought when he went out there. Mm. And he, he was flexible enough to to roll the dice with Liam, which <laughs> wouldn't it be the ultimate thing if it was like, Liam's not a fullback, he's playing on the wing for words. <laughs> uh, you know, that, yeah. that would be hilarious.
1: It has, been, it has been discussed with many of us during this series that it would be Sod's Law now to come back and that... First test of the autumn. Liam's on the left wing, and he's just like, oh god, <laughs> you know it's. The thing is, for a long time, I maintained that half penny was a fullback when he was playing on the wing. I thought, oh, okay, actually, you yeah, you know, he, you know that point where he was actually quite a good counter attacker when, yeah, yeah, you know, he he moved there out of um, out of necessity during the World Cup, and all of a sudden, he thought, yeah. actually got a great attack counter attacking fullback here, and yeah. he went on to do that do that role for the Lions really well too and now, yeah. you know you just look at it and go he's not he's not the same player anymore you know he just he, he kicks it back every single time but his positioning is great maybe let's let's have a look at him on the wing because yeah. you know you know you, you can trust his finishing and his tackling and his kicking's great Ooh. but let's yeah. have a player at full back who can really impact on it in a in an attacking way but yeah. yeah that that fear has gone through my head numerous times that we'll see Liam Williams on the left wing for for Wales come the autumn what are your feelings about that's My my head is saying it is doable, definitely. My head is saying that this is this is something that um, you know, that is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I think that you know that kind of that that's a great position to be in. The other thing is is I'm saying well I've called it wrong every single time so far, <laughs> and I've, I said uh, I said Lions by three in the first test. Then I said New Zealand by 10 in the second. And I'm just going to go New Zealand by 10 again because I'm so happy to be proved wrong if that is the case. So that's my, that's my bit of superstition. If I'm not going to make the 400-mile-odd trek up to the... Uh, like up to Macclesfield, yeah, exactly. Then uh, I'm, that's going to be my small my small piece of superstition done. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I can't even imagine a point margin. It, it could be anything yeah. from... A single point to fifteen points. Uh, it won't to New Zealand, or it could yeah, be it anything be s- between a single point to eight points for the the Lions. I feel. Uh, but um, but what do you do after it, by the way? <laughs> and is there any sort of um, Any kind of group that you can join to to sort of get over it post lions
1: post lions. Yeah. I honestly, it's going to be really, really strange because everything has kind of been geared towards it. Um, in a way, without wishing to sound ungrateful, I'm quite looking forward to not having to edit (laughs) podcasts really late at night for a, for a little bit, you know, because the lions has been quite a, um, yeah, quite a try, quite a trying, uh, time in that regard. But at the same time, I've, I've, I've loved every minute of it. It's just so, been so brilliant to have it around. And, you know, if you think back to 12 years ago, it was such a disgusting tour. And, you know, you could tell mm. midway through the, the tour games, it just didn't seem right. The squad seemed bloated and split. And Alistair Campbell there just felt incredibly weird and wrong. And, and even, you know, just Woodward's bizarre little quirks. You just thought, you know, by this point I was I was sick of the bloody thing and you know, we still had one more stuffing to get in the third test. So it's just been such an antidote to that. That Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it it has felt like and I know there's been the you know, the the geography six round stuff and and you know, I think that's that's definitely taken a bit of a bit of the, the sheen off it. But generally speaking, you know, I think you can look at certain Lions tours and say the spirit's been right, and '09 was very much one to get it back on track after the disaster of New Zealand. I felt '13 generally was, you know, was right, and we ended up with a win. And I think the spirit's been right on this one. They they do really seem like a united set of players, and that's,
0: that's yeah. in many ways the biggest challenge. And going back to the ubiquitous '97 tour, it's all it was always about: can you make more than? More of these players mm. as, a, as a squad than they are as individuals. Can you make them almost perform uh, outside? You know, better than better than you could have ima- ever imagined. And you can't. You can. You can say there are lots of players in that squad who've who've played some of their best rugby. Uh, and yeah, I think so. Fortunately, some of them have been well
1: so
0: That's good.
1: Yeah, no, it is definitely. And I think it's been really good to see, you know, I I keep coming back to Liam and, you know, he probably had a bit of a mixed bag of a second test, but just having that threat in there makes watching rugby infinitely more exciting. And, you know, it's, it's kind of what the kind of rugby that we want to see. And it's been great. It has been great to see players step up to the mark. And, you know, I said, um, I said on our Sunday podcast, the kind of the bitching and the moaning just drives me a bit mad because yeah, you know it's it's once in a once in a four year opportunity where I get to sit there and cheer on Maro Itoje because I you know I guarantee you that won't be happening um, as of uh, as of September of this year. You know that yeah, will be that will be it done. You know I could, there'll be a player. I don't and know. they're singing that
0: song. Yeah, I think that was one of the reasons I picked Ian Henderson. I say right until he stops singing that song, we're not going to pick <laughs> Maro Itoje anymore. That was a really good. I think that was a perfectly legitimate justification by by Gatland if you'd have stood and said that yes <laughs> it's, it's it's you know you can overdo it guys yeah I don't know maybe
1: you're right I, I from what I could tell though on the TV it did seem like a special atmosphere because yeah. again having spoken to a few people out there Auckland seemed quiet in test one and yeah. I think um that atmosphere in Wellington is something that people will be talking about for a uh, for a long time, and I can guarantee if you were if you were there, you know, drenched, uh, at whatever whatever time it would be, New Zealand time at ten o'clock at night, witnessing yeah. a game of Test rugby like that, and you've been on the Scotch Pims all day, I think everyone would have launched yeah. into a bit of marrow. I there, but um, yeah, right, get <laughs> allow yourself to get swept up in the moment. It's one thing that does annoy me a bit now with with rugby crowds, and it it does seem that games are getting quieter and quieter. And, you know, the kind of the over-reliance on pumped-in music is something, oh. I, you know, I, I I do fear for. And I'm just like, you know, if you're going to do it, let's at least do it to stimulate something from, from the crowd. And, I, you know, I think the Lions supporters sounded fun. They, they were in good voice, I think. Yeah. And yeah, you just don't hear enough singing at rugby anymore. That's, the, that's something that, that really troubles it's, me. Well, I,
0: I, it, you know, in Cardiff, it's terrible because mm. they now have to, after a penalty, they have to play... You know, they have to play sort of PA music. Yeah. You know, well, is it like? I can't remember what bread of heaven or whatever it yeah, is I after a it penalty. After penalty yeah. It's like shut up. Um, I I I can't agree with you. And you obviously, you know, I come over like just a conventionally young person, but um, it's 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 a killer when. I was, the first couple of get, um, games for the Lions, the midweek games, you know, it was brilliant. It was almost like the teacher had dusted down, like, I've got some records, I'm sure I've got, have I got some records? Yeah, I'm sure I've got some records. And they, like, it's like Elvis Costello or yeah. Tainted, Tainted Love, <laughs> Tainted Love, rugby match. Everybody starts doing the sort of checking down. And just generally kind of side to side like it did in 1982. It was just mad. And it was totally inappropriate in a brilliant New Zealand boy, I think. But um oh, it's just rubbish. And, and I, it, I, you know, we have to, I think, in, in Cardiff, we have to, we have to do the choir thing. If you're gonna, if you're gonna play okay. music, Make it make it choral and big and sound impressive, not not rubbish. Yeah, I I agree. But that's for another
1: day. It is for another day, but yeah, I would, I genuinely love to to see what could kind of do about you know what what could be done about that because it is Mm. something that I think generally is kind of is just creeping more and more into rugby, and you can kind of accept it or you know you can kind of try and try and do something about it. Just just before we wrap up, then, Justin, I guess. um, we kind of chatted uh, about a month or a month or so ago about kind of, um, you know, your favorite lion's memories and as with many, it, it all kind of revolved around or a lot of it revolved around 1997. Have, has there been any more to add to the, add to the book and,
0: and kind I've, of what stood out this time around? I think, I think YouTube have been going, can you stop using our <laughs> bandwidth please? It's been anything and every last documentary that I could possibly watch yeah. about about the lions in New Zealand. So there have been, yeah, everything. You know, my, the weirdest one is 93 because it didn't really register, mm. which I find extraordinary. I don't quite know why it didn't register in my mind. But the idea of... The kids that I, my age group in Swansea Valley, you know, were Anthony Clement, Morriston, um, Richard Webster, Bon Robert Jones, Trabanos, and went to Kuntawa School. And those guys are all <laughs> the Lions to it. And I just think, those are all kids that I didn't play against any of them because I was an inveterate Player, but I remember watching fantastic the local derby with Tower School. They had Stefan Jones, who played for Aberavon Latterley and had played for Finesty in his career as well. It was a really good ten, and Robert at nine. So they were they were the Edwards and John of their, of junior rugby, yeah. and uh, we used to pick three open-side flankers and a flanker at number nine. So whenever we won anything, uh, it just got shoveled out to the 10 in the most, in the most inelegant way. And the rest of the time was just spent gouging and kicking and, and generally annoying Rob Jones to try and put him off his game, which didn't really ever happen. And, um, so what the other one, there was a guy called Leighton Gerrard who, who played for Aberavon and it prop forward. And, uh, so our prop forward Stan would, would get a, um, would take a lump of Vaseline and, and put it in his eye and then there would be a flare up and both of them would get sent off, but it would destabilize the scrum so much that it was organized chaos from that point onwards. So just think about, can you imagine? One year Robert Jones is doing that on a field in Estela and then a few short years later he's out there playing for the Lions. It's remarkable. And Webster was Webster looked just at home mm-hmm. in that in in that jersey. He really looked at home in it. It
1: was probably his um, finest his finest time in Union, wasn't it? I think he really peaked in Union um
0: yeah. around that time. He was magnificent. He was so physically strong. But he was rapid as well, and he, he had all the assets. Um, so it was yeah, it was great watching. Have you watched a lot of other stuff? Are you, you're a busy, busy, probably a busier man than I am uh, right now. Um,
1: yeah, but you know, every spare minute you get is kind of um, is trying is trying to un- unlock something like that. And you can, and I think the the one is kind of the, the Friday night before the tests, or even before the the, the kind of the Saturday tour games especially if I had a couple of beers after work Mm. on the way home it will either be on my phone looking at old rugby on YouTube just to get me in the mood for it or Spotify playing rugby songs you know (laughs) pissed up on the train on the way back just to you know just to really kind of get you in the mood for it and and those things those things kind of I don't foresee changing at any point really it'll just be you know, I won't. I won't be listening to the fields of Athenry post next week. It'll just be. It'll be back to the, to the classic Welsh playlist, which I should probably publish at some point. Maybe maybe people, yeah. uh, anyone who's as sad as me might. Um, yeah, might want to, to take part in that. But I, generally, this you know, this tour, I've, as I've as you can gather, I've really enjoyed, and I think there'll be there'll be things that we look back on in four years' time, and I'll be watching that that Liam Williams break and that Sean O'Brien try for for decades to come and yeah. and actually I was so like Toby going over was almost an emotional moment for me and you know he's just a player that I love so much you know I love watching Toby it doesn't matter what happens now mm. um you know Toby will be an all-time great he could go and join Cardiff and play the worst rugby yeah. ever for uh for Wales and I just don't think he could do any wrong in my eyes you know he's just that good a he's been that good a servant to to Welsh rugby and you know to see him getting a bit of a bit of, a bit of heat after the first test yeah. I was just so delighted for him um, to get over the line you know he's a, just a just a brilliant player to say
0: his celebration was muted be the most brilliant understatement it was it was it came to 1971 i just got a try I think i walked back to the halfway line and shall I yeah. and just uh, going back to simple and uh, the the hiding that they gave it, but I think tour will be remembered so much for the competitive nature. You know, mm. and nothing was given, nothing was given, and the Lions every victory they had to fight for quite very hard. And okay, okay, there was one or two games you got, had the feeling, but when did we ever watch the Lions Madrid team and think? Well, there may be one or two games that they could win, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how it was. I mean, so how can you say that how can you say it's wrong or badly organised, or badly structured? Because isn't that what you look for in, in rugby game? In what You're supposed to look for 40-point drivings every game? Like, it's not...
1: Yeah, I no I know exactly what you mean and we said this before the tour, you know, there's those games where you turn up in you know in New South Wales and play a combined counties um 15 and you know yeah. it's going to be 100 odd points and you learn absolutely nothing from it. And yeah. I, I do think these tests have battle-hardened them. I you know the 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 main scheduling thing I think that's been a nightmare has been the you know that first game yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a rugby administrator, but it felt to me like, do you know, what is there any chance we could do this a week later, lads? You know, and yeah. the pressure from the clubs is probably only, you know, is only going to get bigger. So I don't see it staying this way forever. You know, in the same way that there used to be, you know, each tour used to be four months long you know rugby rugby does change and professionalism will change that and i think it will change the face of it again but i'd love to see the tour games protected because it's important to spread the game to to places that don't get test matches especially in a country like new zealand where there's you know they're just they're so obsessed with it i think it's really important to turn up in you know in vogue and and uh what's the place that smells is that Rotorua? yeah Rotorua, (laughs) and um yeah you know i think that's that's that is a part of um a part of Lions tour, so yeah, it's a tough one. I dare say the players are, you know, will be desperate to get back after after a really hard six weeks. And you know, if they come back with a if they come back with a series win, it's going to be something that you just
0: can't, you know, you'll probably never be able to explain. Yeah, I mean, look again if you compare with 71, the, the the remarkable nature of they didn't they were expected to be beaten easily by the even in the midweek matches, and they ended up ha- handing out hidings to the teams in midweek. So, you know, that the message was sent out quite early that uh, they were a force to be reckoned with. You know, this diamond team is much more... Uh, even, you know, it's not an outstanding team that... Is so far ahead of the rest. of it. It's also just a level playing field is what we look for, mm. and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't really. If they lose on Saturday, we shouldn't think of that being shaping the whole experience. I don't think.
1: No, I hope I hope that's not the case, and we haven't got too long to to find out. Just two more days at work to get through, and then it's uh, yeah, and then it's there. So. Yeah, very exciting couple of days ahead. So thanks very much for joining us yesterday. Brilliant. And uh, thank you for listening. And as always, feel free to get in touch with us at Attacking Scrum. As I say, if you want to send us pictures of uh, victorious um, Scottish Pims, we'd be happy to, uh, happy to receive those as well. And you can uh, do the same by searching for us on Facebook. And if you want to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes as well. So thank you very much for listening and enjoy that crucial test.
0: Today is gonna be the day That they're gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you got to do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Sports Social Podcast Network